We are starting a new series called Me Culture. The video we just watched captures the values of our culture really well. Um, it's all about catering to the individual, to me. Uh, music, I can make my own playlist. I have my own playlist. Uh, movies, TV, I don't have to wait for my show. I can watch the shows I want when I want through various live streaming uh, services. Uh, my gym has made me a personalized workout plan which I haven't used for months. Uh, there are diet programs that provide you with your own coach who can help you with your specific needs or goals. Um, if you buy almost anything online, the site you buy it from will have a recommended for you list based upon your purchase. The ads that you get on your phone, your computer, your iPad, um, when you are on the net, they have been customized for you based upon the sites you have visited. And you can customize things in your own image with your own name or whatever name you want with all sorts of things, whether it's candy or coffee or, this is disturbing, but I found it on the internet, you can get a corpse made in your own likeness. It's just really disturbing. Um, you can get lunch boxes made with your picture on it. Uh, you can have a love song made with your name in it or the name of your loved one in it. You can get a bobblehead that looks like you. You can um, get bottle labels with whatever you want on it. Never has our culture been more about us. It's me culture. And while our me culture has become more and more about us, virtues, those things that develop character, that are foundational for doing what is right, have quietly faded away. Virtues like courage and prudence and faithfulness, they were once held in high regard and now we hardly even give them lip service. And it would be easy for us to condemn our culture for abandoning these virtues, but let's be honest, in many ways, the church has abandoned classic Christian virtues. This is not a new phenomenon. It's been happening for years. Uh, the scripture for this morning is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and start to turn there. Um, when I was in college, there was a popular Christian bumper sticker that said, Christians aren't perfect, they're just forgiven. And when I was in college, I used this phrase often to describe my faith. Christians aren't perfect, they're just forgiven. Christians aren't perfect, they're just forgiven. Some of you may remember this old bumper sticker. And I loved it because it was a reference to the grace of God. And then I was reading a book by uh, Dallas Willard, and the book was called Divine Cons Conspiracy, The Divine Conspiracy. And he talked about that exact bumper sticker. Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. And he asked, is that right? The only difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is that one is forgiven and the other isn't. Is that really what the Bible teaches? That following Jesus makes no impact on a person's character whatsoever. It just gets you forgiveness. Well, no, that, that doesn't sound right either. And it got me thinking, it got me thinking that maybe my understanding of the Christian faith should be deeper than a bumper sticker. Having Christ-like character does not make us followers of Jesus, but having Christ-like character should definitely be a result of following Jesus. 
Having Christ-like character doesn't make us followers of Jesus, but certainly it should be a result of following Jesus. Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven, implies that you can follow Jesus and not be any different at all. Yet in the Gospels, every person who follows Jesus experiences character transformation. Um, our scripture reader for this morning is Kathleen Tom. Kathleen, if you can make your way up to the podium. As she does, I'm going to ask you to please stand if you are able and face the center of the room. Uh, we read from the center of the room to remind us that scripture uh, should be central in our lives. And uh, we stand because we believe that this is the word of God. And so, Kathleen, whenever you are ready, please read from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 11 to 13. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put, away, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall f know fully, even as I am fully known. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Kathleen, thank you very much. You may be seated. Um, as a kid, my family had a cabin in northern Wisconsin, and we went there often on holidays and other things. Uh, early on, the cabin didn't have a washer-dryer, and so my mom would go to the laundromat in the town nearby to do our laundry. And um, us kids, uh, we were always happy to go with her, not because, you know, I enjoyed doing laundry, but because around the corner from the laundromat was a Ben Franklin store. Um, and I don't really remember what kind of store Ben Franklin store was. I think it was a crafty kind of store, craft store. Um, but I do remember that this Ben Franklin store had a, like, in my mind, a ginormous candy aisle. And um, if we went to the laundromat with my mom, she would give us money to go to Ben Franklin to get candy just to get us out of her hair. It was kind of a scam, but it worked. Um, and so uh, on one of those occasions, I remember just gorging myself. I don't remember how much money she gave me, but I remember yeah, I got like a Snickers bar and a Reese's peanut butter cup and a couple of blow pops, you know, the, the suckers with gum in the middle. Um, and then I got a roll of sweet tarts, a roll of sprees, some Swedish fish. It was glorious. I just ate it all right then and there. Um, and then when we got back to the cabin, I started to not feel well. Um, my stomach hurt for some mysterious reason. Um, and it got to the point that I had to rush into the bathroom and I upchucked, which is not a good experience even if your name is Chuck, it's just not good. It was one of my worst visits from my cousin Ralph ever, it was just not good. Um, and when it was over, when it was over, my mother took me aside and she explained to me that I got sick because of all the candy I ate. And she just made so much sense that you can have too much of a good thing. Um, and it was, as I reflect back on it, that was a brilliant parenting moment for my mom. She let me eat too much candy. She let me get sick, experience the consequences, and then rationally explained why what I did was a bad idea. Great moment for my mom. The next time I went to the candy aisle at Ben Franklin, I got a Snickers bar, Reese's peanut butter cup, a couple of blow pops, a roll of sprees, a roll of sweet tarts, Swedish fish. It was glorious. Look, I was six years old. I was a kid. My mom taught me a great lesson. 
but my childish desire for candy still won the day. Look, children do childish things. If you have your Bibles open to the passage and you look at verse 11, where it says, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. And when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Paul basically just says the same thing I just said, okay? Children act like children. But a time comes when we are no longer children and we need to put childish things behind us. While me culture fosters the opposite. Me culture fosters remaining childish. Again, babies require us to rearrange much of our lives around them when they eat, when they sleep, when they make a mess in their diapers. And as our kids get older, that whole thing of us rearranging our lives around them, it needs to change. Now, this is when we eat, this is when we sleep, and this is when you're gonna go to school. You know, when I was a kid, I could play video games all day, every day. I loved, you know, hot dogs and tater tots. I already mentioned candy. I faithfully made lists of what I wanted for Christmas and my birthday every year. I didn't have many responsibilities. And for me, that was just part of being a kid, having things catered to you. But at some point, that has to end. Adults need to act like adults. Um, But me culture says, no, we will keep catering to you. You really don't have to grow up. You really can remain childish. And for me, there's a difference between childish and childlike. And how I differentiate between the two is childish are the things, uh, the parts of being kids that we really need to just leave behind. You know, things like selfishness, temper tantrums, impatience, you know, stop being so childish. Childlike are parts of being kids that we really need to keep. Things like wonder and excitement and trust. Those childlike qualities should stay with us. But me culture says, we'll keep catering to you. You don't need to grow up. It it fosters childishness. Virtues, however, they foster growing into our potential. There are certain things that we cannot do without developing virtues. If we do not have the virtue of faithfulness, everything in our lives will be short-term. Our marriages will be short-term. Who we work for will be short-term. Friendships will be short-term. The virtue of faithfulness enables us to grow into our potential. A me culture Christian faith tells me that I don't have to change at all that I can do whatever I want and I will be forgiven. But look, Jesus didn't die on the cross so we could do whatever we want. Jesus died on the cross so that we could become what he intended us to be in the first place. At the beginning of our faith in Jesus' journey, of course our lives may not be defined by virtue. But at some point, we need to, le- we need to leave those childish things behind and start becoming the people God intended us to be. God expects us to grow, and virtue fosters us to grow into our potential. Hey, just for example, when we come to worship each Sunday, do you come here to be catered to? That we have to meet all of your expectations? Or do you come to be challenged to meet your potential in Jesus? Look, even Jesus had to grow. 
Um, when he was 12 years old, some of you are familiar with the story when his parents accidentally left him in Jerusalem and then they had to come back to find him. You can find that story in Luke chapter two. At the end of that, uh, verse Luke 2.52, it says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Luke 2.52, um, Jesus grew in wisdom. Wisdom is one of the classic Christian virtues. And if Jesus had to grow, then we must grow. Virtue fosters growing into our potential. But going back to the passage, if you look at verse 12, where it says, for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Our me culture, the focus is on the here and now, on the here and now. What we experience in the here and now is only a reflection of what is to come. But me culture is all about holding on to the here and, not, here and now. All of our attempts to keep ourselves young, whether it's spa treatments or hair treatments, or all of our music playlists that we cater for ourselves. We often choose music from an earlier time. Anytime I listen to 80s music, it's like I'm transported back in time to my teenage years. Um, all the countless pictures and selfies that we take, we take them to capture the moment. Well, why do you capture the moment? You capture the moment so you can hold on to the moment, so you don't lose the moment. We want to hold on to them. Now, I'm not saying any of those things are bad in and of themselves. They're not. And I agree that we should live in the moment. That's much better than living in the past or always having our eye on the future. But understand, it's just a moment. And me culture wants us to focus solely on the here and now, where virtues want us to focus on the eternal. You see, a time is coming when we will fully know what the eternal is like. We will experience it face to face, and virtues keep our focus on that. The virtue of patience, of delayed gratification. When you ask a child, hey look, I can give you one piece of candy now, or I'll give you five pieces of candy tomorrow. Okay? In order to make the wise choice, that child must understand the concept and practice delayed gratification. Developing virtues is all about delayed gratification. And they do not fit into our me culture. Because me culture says here and now, and virtues say practice us and over time you will be way ahead of the game. Jesus said, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul. He also said, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If we're focused on the here and now, our heart will be in the here and now. If we're focused on the eternal, that's where our hearts are gonna be. Virtues get our focus on the eternal. If you go back to the passage one more time and look at verse 13 where it says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, 
but my words will not pass away. When it comes to the future, me culture is short-lived. It's short-lived. All the trends, all the advancements, all the accommodations we make for ourselves, they are all short-lived. They are here today, gone tomorrow. Just think of all the great technology we have created for our convenience that is now totally irrelevant. Any music system, delivery system that is not digital is irrelevant, whether it's records or cassettes or CDs, they're all irrelevant. And that goes for movies too. If it's not digital, okay, if you've got VHS tapes or, or DVD, that's all irrelevant. It's all about streaming now. Cable and satellite are on the same path to becoming irrelevant. Any cell phone that's not a smartphone, it's irrelevant. Blackberry, anybody? It's irrelevant. Um, anytime I'm watching a movie with my kids and there's a phone booth in it, I pause the scene right there and my kids get a 10-minute history lesson on phone booths. They hate it. Uh, calculators, alarm clocks, car navigation systems, they are all on your phone now and you don't need those things apart from your phone. Whatever it is that we are doing to accommodate ourselves, don't get used to it because it's gonna be gone soon. Me culture is short-lived. Virtues, virtues endure forever. As the passage says, these three remain. Faith, hope, love are an eternal certainty. And what's interesting about these three virtues is you find them together at least a dozen, a dozen times in the New Testament. Here's a list of passages that group faith, hope, and love together. You can find them grouped together in places like Romans and Galatians, a couple times in Ephesians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, you find them a couple times. Hebrews, you find them a couple times. 1 Peter, you find them a couple times grouped together. There are seven cardinal virtues of the Christian faith that go back centuries. Cardinal meaning chief, fundamental, essential, principle. And faith, hope, and love are the first three cardinal Christian virtues. And let me just read two of the passages where they are linked together, two other passages. First, let's... 1 Thessalonians 1.3. We remember, therefore, our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Moving on, same book, chapter 5, verse 8. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Faith. Hope and love are virtues that are to be the mark of every believer. And going back to the idea of childlike versus childish, childlike being those qualities that we don't want to lose as adults. Remember that Jesus said, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And so these virtues should have a childlike quality to them in us. The cardinal Christian virtues of faith, hope, love, faith, childlike trust and commitment to God and God's commands. Hope, childlike optimism, 
that the future will be better. Love, childlike adoration, and devotion to another. Now let's ask ourselves, thinking about the life of Jesus, how many times did he live out these virtues? Like, there are not many places in the Gospels where Jesus doesn't demonstrate at least one of them. Following Jesus leads to faith, hope, and love. And if following Jesus doesn't lead to a greater measure of these virtues, then we're doing it wrong. Now, the next four weeks, we will unpack in greater detail the other four cardinal Christian virtues. And they are prudence and justice and courage and temperance. We are saved by grace through faith. Having Christ-like character does not make us followers of Jesus, but having Christ-like character should be a result of it. Faith, hope, love, prudence, justice, courage, temperance. These virtues are what God had in mind when he created us. A humanity defined by these things. What a glorious creation that would be. Jesus didn't die on the cross so we could do whatever we want. He died on the cross so we could become what he intended. And his cause, the cause of Christ, is to save us from our me culture tendencies and be made in his likeness, to become like him, living out eternal virtues, the eternal virtues of faith, hope, love, prudence, justice, courage, temperance, unlocking humanity's potential of being made in the image of God. Please pray with me. And Lord, first we just thank you for your grace and love and your patience and that you never, ever give up on us. And Lord, I would ask that you would make each one of us sensitive to your spirits leading, your spirits work in our lives, how you are uh, transforming us into the likeness of Jesus. And open our eyes to see what it is the next step we can take to respond to the spirit's work and become more like Jesus in just one of these virtues. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Receive God's blessing. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.